Surviving Lockdown. An essential business podcast from Mark Rise Voiceovers. Hello, thanks for listening. Paul Ball has been the managing director of Peak for over 20 years. Initially set up as a lifestyle business, following a spell of backpacking around the globe, the business quickly moved from Paul's spare bedroom and now operates from 11 centres across the Midlands and incorporates adventure centres, independent schools, providing expeditions and retail units. Paul joins me now from Stoke-on-Trent. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Firstly, on a personal level, did you manage to stay positive through lockdown? Uh, yes. I think the weather made all the difference. I think uh, the first couple of weeks I was working from home uh, and to be able to sit in the garden and spend time with the children, etc. And it made, made it quite a positive experience in many ways. So what was your business model with Peak before March 2020? How was it running? So we have uh, the activity centres. So our leisure side of our business is, is uh, water sports centres. We have uh, three water sports centres, fairly north is in Sheffield, fairly south is in Congleton. Uh, at those locations you can do uh, various uh, outdoor pursuits like canoeing, kayaking, uh, water sports, shopping, things like that nature. The Trafford one has uh, power boats and uh, jet skiing and things like that, which you can't do in a lot of lakes these days. So, we, so we've got a, quite a variety of water sports across those activity centres. It's the largest side of the business. We are an expedition provider for the Duke of Edinburgh's Award Scheme, have been for uh, nearly 15 years. We were the first commercial provider of that scheme uh, before they started to uh, license others several years after we came on, on board with that setup. So we delivered probably 4,000 days of expeditions across the UK every year. Uh, and then we have independent schools. So we have independent schools which work with young people uh, that have been excluded from mainstream school and they come into our schools and we mix outdoor adventure with education. So they do the maths, their English, the ICT in the classroom, well then we take them out and we do uh, outdoor activities as part of their curriculum. So how did the start of the COVID-19 outbreak and the subsequent lockdown affect trading in the different areas? It affected the different areas differently. We lost overnight all our leisure business. The activity centres closed the doors from, from day one. The expedition side of the business, that is again been mothballed and closed down. That is now starting to come back. We've got a few schools that are now starting to put the, the expeditions in for the autumn, so we're, we're hoping to see some some revenues through the, the expedition side of the business over the, over the next three months. But the education side of the business continued to trade because the young people that we work with were, with, were classed as vulnerable students. So, so we, we continue to operate the uh, four independent schools. So with the easing of lockdown, what safeguards and extra measures have you had to put in place, specifically, let's say, at the activity centres, to um, eventually reopen? So we've had to reduce the numbers. We revamped our products. So we've looked at the products, that, the leisure products that we would have historically sold, which would have been, for example, uh, the summer activity program where we have uh, young people get put into the centres by their parents, where they come on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, where they do, they do adventurous activities every day. So they might come on a Monday and do canoeing and kayaking and things like that as, as a summer activity program. Now, not normally, if we take Trafford as an example, we'd probably have 50 to 60 students each day to do those activity programs. So we've had to take that product and rewrap it, and we've we've actually branded it as a adventure bubble. But we're only working with seven young people. That it? is a huge reduction, isn't it? It is, yes, yeah, it is. It's a, so for so from our point of view, it's it's sort of reduced the number of students, and what we've had to do is increase our cost to the parents, which is unfortunate. 
in order to cover the overheads, if you like, of delivering that product. Well, let me ask you the same question as I've asked publicans before. Is that commercially viable for you going forward? Long term, it won't be, no. We're balancing off the products that we can deliver with the number of staff that we're bringing back off further. It's, 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 it's a bit of a balancing act. So what's been the most difficult thing about the new guidelines, do you think, and, and putting them into place? I would say it's the period between the announcement and the detail. So it, it, it announces on the Friday, but we don't get the detail for the week. And then the detail changes as well. So it, it's getting, it's keeping up to date with how the detail changes as we go through the process. So timing has been a massive frustration then? Yes, you understand it. You make you, you the whole scenario is is very difficult. It's like you can't you're not going to be able to plan in advance. The you know the is all numbers going to come down to this in, in three weeks or four weeks. So you're you're not going to get given the notice period. But from a business point of view, obviously business is all about pre-planning, preparing for et cetera, et cetera. What we've had to do is you've got to think on your feet, move very quickly, and then implement those changes and those marketing plans and those sales strategies within a few days, where historically we'd have probably been doing it, well, we, I can tell you now that the, the marketing plans that we create for our season in 2020 would have been done in October and November 2019. So we're normally six to eight months ahead of ourselves. And in this scenario, we're probably 24 to 48 hours ahead of ourselves. Surviving Lockdown. Remember, if you're a business owner and you'd like to be featured on Surviving Lockdown, just email voiceover at markrise.com. So, Paul, what's your opinion on masks in shops that we're all going to have to wear? I think it's too late, is my opinion. I, I don't know. I don't see why three months ago they were like, masks don't work, and three months later, yes, we need to wear them. I think that's, that's your challenge. I think it's, it's going to have an effect on business. I don't know how the shop owners, the retail owners, are going to manage it. Are they going to have masks at the door? Uh, or people going to carry masks around with them. It's a very difficult scenario, I think. Back to business. Have you needed to take advantage of any of the government's financial packages or furlough within Peak? Yeah, we've taken we've taken uh, advantage of all of them. Yeah, every, every every initiative the government put in, we've taken advantage of. We've needed to. So, what would be the one thing you'd most like help with from the government or as the community as we get back to normality now? I think from from the government, I think the the worry that I have with the government is on the timelines, their proposals on on the repayments of the support they've put in. So if you take, for example, their VAT quarter, I think they've said, don't pay your VAT. Your VAT is going to be due in 12 months. I've taken, we've taken some advice on that. Uh, the advice that we've got from our, our accountants is that they will expect it on that date on in 12 months' time. So what I think is going to happen in 12 months' time is that you're going to get hit by two VAT quarters in the same period. So because our next one will be due. So if, for example, if your VAT quarters 300,000 quid this year, in 12 months' time, it's going to be 600,000 pounds that you can expect you to find. I think the governments need to be identifying how that's going to happen for businesses because it's the same scenario where what you don't want is businesses getting to that point and the government going, no, 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 there's no bending the rules. This is how it's going to be. They need to be telling us now what they're prepared to do to support the businesses when they get to that point because it's a cliff edge that will hit a lot of small businesses. A lot of small businesses will see that that cash staying in their business in this quarter will help them get to to, to survive the crisis. But I think what will happen is the crisis will dissipate and, and hopefully ease off, but those businesses will get caught. 
uh, in 12 months' time. And I think the government need to be looking forward to that now and advising us now how they are proposing to do that. Let's look to the future then. Are you confident that the economy will pick up to the same level or more, let's say, by the end of 2020, 2021? What do you think? I think part of the economy will increase. I think part of it will do well. I think other bits will, will, will struggle. As, a, as, a, as an overall economy, I think, it's, I think it's a flat line. Public services will need to be invested in from government point of view, and I think you'll see that increasing and improving. That will support the economy, if you like, or part of the economy. But I think your leisure side and your spending, because there's going to be uh, the unemployment level is going to increase dramatically, uh, and I think that will stop the public from spending. You'll have a hit on that side. Do you have any tips that you give to other businesses who are struggling at this time? Yeah, my, I think my big tip would be to look forward, to plan ahead. I think it, it, it's great to survive through this through this crisis, but I, I, I do worry that when I was a young, naive businessman, probably 20 odd years ago, I probably I wasn't looking 18 months, two years ahead of myself and my business. I was looking three months or six months ahead of myself. Now, if I was looking at my business today, going right, okay, if I look at where I'm going to be in six months' time, how does it look? It looks okay. I push my cash flows and profit and loss reports that I get from my finance department out for two years now. I would advise small businesses to do that because I think that's where they'll get caught. Once all the support's gone, there's no more furlough, there's no more support from the from the government coming in, you, in, in our way, and we've got to pay back for the support that we've been given. I think that's where people will start to get hit. So my advice to small businesses is to start working two years ahead of yourself. Paul, thank you very much indeed for your time. No problem. All right, thank you. You can contact Paul and his team through the website peak.co.uk. Surviving Lockdown. Surviving Lockdown is produced and presented by Mark Rise, a multi-award-winning voiceover artist and TV presenter for more than 30 years. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast or are interested in voiceover for your business video, e-learning or telephone system, simply email voiceover at markrise.com. Surviving Lockdown.